or getting ready tonight, so I know it'll happen. Um, but like I said, Miss Tony has a scripture. I'm going to go ahead. We're going to do uh, Proverbs chapter three, verse five, um, and we're going to do we're going to do verse five and verse six. But I'm going to break both of those up into do two different parts and really um, dissect them and uh, figure out what they mean. So the first part of verse five says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart." And so Solomon, the man who wrote this book, was very wise. And I think if he's telling us to make sure that we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, do you think it's possible for us to trust God with only parts of our heart and not the whole thing? Amen. And when we do that, well, I'll talk about it some more, but when we only trust God with parts of our heart, other things start to um, go bad for us. So um, let's go ahead and read the second part of verse six. It says, oh, sorry, still on five. Sorry about that. No, you're okay. So the second part of verse 5, it says, and lean not on your own understanding. I want to just focus on the word lean for a second, just because when you think about the word lean, if you're leaning on something, um, leaning on a wall, leaning on a door, whatever, you are putting your full weight on that thing. And that's in the verse says, do not lean on your own understanding. So if we try to lean on our own thoughts and our own self, we are going to fall every single time. We might be really good at this thing and we've practiced so much, but if we're doing it for our glory and we're doing it out of our own ability, we will fail at some point. But God is the only one that we can always lean on and he will never fail us. And we might lean on God and still make a mistake, but he's not going to make a mistake. Amen. So he says um, in his word that my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. And if we go, we look at the word understanding, he says that his thoughts are higher than ours. And sometimes when he places something on our heart, it doesn't make sense. Maybe he wants us to go um, love on somebody who is has always been mean to us. Just something that does not make sense to us. God, why do you want me to do this thing? But when we start leaning on our own understanding and not on God's understanding, we're going to start saying no to God. Everything that doesn't make sense to us that God lays on our heart, which is pretty much everything, um, we're going to start saying no to him a lot. And we don't want that to be a pattern in our lives. So now we're going to go on to verse 6 and see what it says. The first part of it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Have you ever given somebody the cold shoulder? I think y'all know what that means, that if somebody's talking to you, you can hear them talking to you, but you are not listening. Well, you're, you can hear them, but you're not listening, and you're definitely not responding. Amen. And I, um, I think sometimes that we do that to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be speaking to our hearts, and we just, maybe we don't understand it like we just talked about, or maybe we just flat out don't want to do it. Maybe we just, I'm, I don't want to go, I don't want to go love on somebody right now. I'm not in a people mood, and So we give excuses, and um, we just will ignore him sometimes instead of acknowledging him like he deserves. Um, And we just need to, we need to listen and not hear. Like I said a second ago, um, we need to really listen. Because when you hear, it's like goes in one ear and out the other. But when you listen, you really get a hold of it, and it really does something to you. So we listen to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to us, and then we act on that. Whatever he's telling us, we don't question it. We don't say no. We just go ahead and we act on it. And if we do this, the second part of verse 6, it gives us a promise. Can you throw that back up there? And he shall direct your paths. So that's a promise right there. It's a promise of guidance, um, a promise of protection, a promise that God will be with, with us in everything that we do. But to get that promise, you have to obey. 
Amen. And we see this in other promises in the Bible, like in Matthew, when it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You can't just say, he's going to direct my paths. You have to do the first part. Trust in him with your heart. Um, Acknowledge him in all your ways uh, and lean not on your own understanding. And then you get the promise of he shall direct your paths. So we have to obey and then we get the promise. Amen. And it's hard sometimes, I know, from experience, but it's what it says. So like I said, it's possible to trust God with only parts of your heart. So I want to go ahead and I want to talk about four different ways that we may struggle to trust God with all of our hearts. Um, And I know that all of the ways that I'm going to tell you about, you know, you might not relate um, to all four of them, and that's okay. But I've just been praying that at least one of them would um, just touch your heart and make sense to you and make sense in your situation. So the first one that I want to talk about is that we may not trust God to accept the real us. And this one is hard for, pe- for those of us maybe who have been hurt in the past by opening up to people. Maybe they manipulated us or betrayed us or um, took advantage of us in some way. And so that put trust issues in our heart. And then we take those trust issues that somebody else has created and we project them onto God, which isn't fair to him because his motives are so pure. When he wants to get to know his, when he wants to get to know us, it's solely out of just he loves us, and he wants to be with us all the time. So, um, and we may feel like we need to change ourselves um, to be good enough for God, or we may even um, try to hide parts of ourselves so God doesn't find out about them. Um, But I think we all need to remember that Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. And I think that was his bold statement saying, I know what you've done. I know what you've said. I know what you've thought about. I know it all but I still love you. I love you so much. And he was willing to die for us, even while we were still in that ugliness and dirtiness. And, and he, he wasn't saying that I accept your sin. He was saying, I accept you. And so we don't have to change ourselves, but he will want to change us in some ways. And we just need to be open to that and willing to change. Um, And when he changes us, it's a lasting change. Because when we try to change ourselves, we may may be good for like a month, maybe even a day, and then we just fall short. We can't do it. Like I said, we can't lean on ourselves. So we have to lean on God. And when we do lean on God and have that lasting change in our lives, it's done in his way. He changes us his way in his time, and then we're able to glorify him and not ourselves. When somebody comes up to an to us and asks us, how did you do that thing? And then we can turn around and say, well, I don't take any credit for it because it was God. And then you just got that moment to witness to that person and tell them about how awesome God is. So um, let's talk about Um, let's see. Uh, We could also, just going along with that first way of um, not feeling, not trusting God to accept the real us, another way is that we might be scared to be vulnerable around him, especially if we're someone who has trust issues, but we can trust him with anything, and like I said, he, his intentions with us are so pure, and his, his motives behind wanting to get to know us are just love. He just loves us so much, and I think, I think that's such sometimes gets so um, overused, like God loves you, but God's love is not, we can't even comprehend God's love. It's so deep and so wide. We can't even really understand it. So when I say that God loves you and Jesus loves you, it might just sound like, oh, I've heard that a thousand times, but it's so true and it's so real. If you think about it, it just, I like to think about it, so I don't want to get stuck on that, but um, so let's go ahead and we're going to go on to the second way. Um, This is 
probably the biggest way that I struggle um, trusting God is that tr- it's trusting God to take complete control of your life. I would say this is very hard for me because I am a control freak, and I just like to know what's going on at all times. I like to have a say in what's going on at all times, and when I don't, I just feel out of control, and that's okay to feel out of control because we're not supposed to be in control all the time, um, but if you are not a control freak or you don't know someone who is, I should probably stop speaking that on myself, but um, if you are someone like me who, or if you're not someone like me who doesn't care about being in control, I'll just let you in a little bit. Um, It's sometimes to the point when I'm driving with somebody um, and they're not slowing down as quick as I think they should, I get out my emergency imaginary brake pedal and I'm pushing on the brake like stop the car now. Um, And I'm pretty sure that my mom does that to me because she thinks I'm a bad driver, but it's all right. So, and then another aspect of being like this, wanting to have control, is that I want to plan everything out, even the most silly things. Like, I need to have a plan for it. Um, but the thing about that is, is that in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, God doesn't say, you have a great plan for your life. He says, I have a great plan for your life. So we don't need to plan. We don't need to make a plan for God. And even if we do make a plan, he is not going to follow it. So we just need to, if you're like me and you struggle with that, we just need to get that in us and, you know, stop worrying. And a lot of the times, and Dad talked about this on Sunday morning, if you were here or listened to the podcast, he um, talked about that sometimes God will not let you in on things so you don't get in the way of what he's doing in your life. And I think he does that a lot with his plans, is that he's not going to let you know until the last minute because he doesn't want you to get in the way of it. And so this is where it gets tricky for me. Because, and I do this with people too, if I feel like someone doesn't have a plan for whatever we're doing, I feel like I need to make a plan. So if God isn't letting me in on the plan, all of a sudden I feel like I need to go ahead and make a plan. And we know from the Bible with Sarah and Abraham, if God gives you a promise and then you're too impatient to wait for it, you go about it your other way and bad things happen. And we shouldn't look at the people in the Bible and think, well, um, that would never happen to me because we might not have a situation as bad as Abraham and Sarah, but we could jack ourselves up by not waiting on God. Amen. So in Psalm, it tells us to be still and know that I am God. And I think if you're someone like me who likes to be in control, that is just something that I rest on and something that I try so hard to do because he didn't call me to plan. He called me to be still and know that he is God. So I just need to, or we just need to trust him to do the work for us, make the plan for us, and then we just follow him. Once he reveals that plan to us, we just, we just follow him. So I would just encourage you, if you struggle in this way, um, that God's plan is better than our plan. And no matter how great of a planner we are, God is a better planner than us. Amen. And if you're in something right now and you're waiting and you think that God is not, God is going to take forever, like, um, it's just not going to come. I just encourage you to wait wait on the Lord and be courageous and strong and wait on him because you'll regret it if you don't wait on him. Amen. Okay, so we're going to go on to the third one. So the third one is trusting God to take care of us. This one is a tricky one as well. And I think sometimes um, it can be harder for women than men. And I don't want to be stereotypical, but I think a lot of the times women are just natural caretakers. And so when we see something that needs done or see someone who needs taken care of, it's kind of just natural for us to be like, oh, I'll help you, or oh, I can take care of that for you. I'll, let me take that off your hands. Just just trying to be um, of help. But then sometimes... Um, 
the tables turn and we need taken care of and we are just so used to taking care of everyone else that it just seems natural to try to take care of ourselves and our own issues. And so sometimes it can be really hard um, to release that control of, of ourselves and of others, but um, God wants to take care of us. He wants um, to be our everything and our answer and our comforter, just like we, just like we're the comforter and nurturers for other people. He wants to be our comforter and nurturer. So um, I was, and I was thinking about this when I was thinking about, um, I just got voted in for the women's leader. And when I was um, doing these meetings for the last few months, it just felt like, how can I, as a 22-year-old, speak to women who are older than me and um, maybe have been in church longer than me and maybe have different life experiences? Like a lot of you are married and a lot of you have children and I have none of those things. And so there are things in your life that I just felt like I couldn't speak to. But if I let God take care of me and let him take care of us and let him decide what I talk about, and then I know it'll be right. Uh, right where it needs to be when it comes to ladies' meetings. And um, I just I just think that I, there are so many areas in our life that if we let God take care of it, our life would be so much easier. Amen. And there was um, another thing. It was a couple Sundays ago that I didn't let God take care of me. And it's so ironic almost that this happened while he was speaking to me about trusting him because we were um, up here on the platform and we were uh, doing Good Good Father and the song's probably halfway through, and I just feel um, the Spirit laid on my heart to continue singing the song, the chorus of the song specifically, after the song is over. And I just, I just started to question him because I was like, well, God, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And, you know, the song's winding down. And in my heart, I've already made a decision, you know. I may not have said it out loud, no, God, I'm not going to do it, but I already knew in my heart that I wasn't going to do it, and I didn't do it. And I had to ask for forgiveness right then. I felt conviction right there on the platform because it wasn't that I just didn't trust God to take care of me. It was that I didn't trust him, and then it led to disobedience, right? And that's what I mentioned earlier is that if we don't get the trust issue um, figured out that it can affect other parts of our relationship with God, that I think that trust is so foundational in our relationship with God, and I don't think we always look at it like that, and I'm not sure if I always looked at it um, in that way, but uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it can affect other parts of, a, of our life, and like I said, I think I said this before, that we don't want, we don't want to start saying no all the time to God, and make it a habit, and make it a pattern in our relationship with God. We want to, we want to say yes. We want our yeses to outweigh our noes, amen. So I want to go ahead and talk about um, David real quick because he was in a situation where he he had no options. He had, um, he couldn't take care of himself, and so he had to surrender to God. And so we're going to go ahead um, and read Psalm 3, 5, and 6, and it says this, uh, this is verse 5, I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. We'll go on to six. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. So what David is doing here is that he's on the run. He's on the run from tens of thousands of people. He's trying to hide. Um, I imagine that he's very tired. But can you imagine? Can you imagine being hunted down by just one person, but being hunted by 
hunted down by tens of thousands of people. Like, that's so scary. And the fact that he, he just laid down and slept. He got into the most vulnerable position he could, even though he should have been on guard. But, but David knew that he had no control in this situation. He really had no other option in this situation. So he said, you know what, God, I'm just going to sleep. And you know what? I'm going to wake up in the morning because I know you have me. And sometimes we're in that situation. We're in the middle of the night and we feel like we have no control, but we can just say, God, I give you control. And I know when the morning comes, I'm going to be okay. And I'm still going to be alive because of you. Amen. So, and I think David, and all throughout his life, David is such a good example of trust, trusting God. He's, he's one of my favorites, so I love talking about David, if you haven't figured that out yet. But, <laughs> so we're, we're uh, now we're going to go on to the last one. The fourth and final one is trusting God to provide for our needs. Um, and I think sometimes this is the most um, difficult way that we can trust or can struggle trusting in God because this, this is a physical sometimes a physical need, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes when it's, um, when we need a miracle in our life, it's hardest, um, to trust him for that. So we could, let's talk about the different kinds of needs there may be. There could be a physical need and maybe an emotional need after something hard in your life, um, a mental need, a spiritual need, a financial need, which are very common, um, and all these needs, and we just can't fill them ourselves. Um, we're just struggling to figure out how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? I don't, I don't know where to turn. I don't know what I'm going to do. But you know what? I thought about this. He's not, go- he's not called Jehovah Jireh for no reason. He's called Jehovah Jireh my provider because he provides for us. He provides for us in every single way. And I think it's so funny sometimes because sometimes even, even things we provide for ourselves, we think we provide for ourselves, those things are the things he's given us. Amen. Because it says in his word that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. So even the things that we think that we've gained ourselves, a job or money or car or family or whatever, it all came from God. So when we think about this, we need to thank him. We need to thank him for giving us those things and providing for us in the past and continue to expect, um, just expect miracles from him. Don't think that he can't do it again. Amen. So I'm going to, par- I'm just going to paraphrase this story so we don't have to read it. But if you're taking notes and you want to read it later, which I do encourage because this story is fantastic. It's uh, the book of First Kings. It's chapter 17 and it's verse 8 through 16. So it's very, a very short story. It's very good. So I encourage you to read it for yourself. But anyhow, so prophet Elijah, um, God just told the prophet Elijah, to go into this certain town, and there was going to be a widow there, and God had commanded her to provide for him, okay? So he goes there, and he sees her, and she's um, gathering sticks, and so she, he walks up to her, and he says, would you get me a drink of water? And so she says yes, um, and he, she goes to get the drink of water, and he stops her, and he says, um, can you also get me some bread to eat? And so she comes back, and she says, well, I was just on my way to start a fire, I was going to use the last little bit of flour that I have and the last little bit of oil I have to make bread for me and my son, and then we're going to die because we don't have any other food, and we're not going to get any more food. We're just, that's all that's going to happen is that we're going to die. So Elijah tells her, go home and make some cake for me, which I think is just bread. So make bread for me, make bread for you and your son. And this is what the Lord says, is that your flour will not run out and your oil will not not run out. So she hears this, she goes ahead, and she makes the bread for all of them. And then it just as God said, the 
the flour never runs out and the oil never runs out. And I think that's such an incredible story um, of provision, of God providing in a miraculous way. And I just think that this woman's faith and this woman's trust in God was so incredible because what if, what if Elijah was a, was a fake and she gives him her last bread and then they don't even get to have their final meal. But she, I think she knew that God was going to come through her, through on this for her. So I think, and maybe you think the same thing too, when you think about why would God, out of everybody in that town, why would God choose the woman who had no food? Because at this, at this time, I read this in my study Bible, that people in, the, in, people in this nation were required by law to serve their prophets. So he could have literally went up to anybody, but God chose this specific woman who had like no food left to give food to the prophet. Um, but I think that's because when you give from your plenty, you do not have to trust God at all. But you have to, absolutely have to trust God when you give from your need. And that's all she had left was her need, and she gave it away. And God did not um, slack on that. He gave her, I mean, can you imagine literally just never running out of flour or oil? He did something great for her. Um, and I think sometimes that if we, um, if God lays something on our, on our heart to trust him and step out in this thing, if we say no, we might miss out on our miracle. Because what would have happened if she had said no? She would have missed out on a miracle, and her and her son would have died. But she, she listened to God, she obeyed him, and he did a miracle. And I just think that sometimes maybe, maybe the need that we're searching for is just on the other side of this door, and all we have to say is yes. But sometimes we say no because we're scared, amen? So that's, I, I really want to drive that home, is to make our yeses outweigh our noes when it comes to God, amen? So I'm going to go ahead, I want to close... Um, and I, I just, like I said before, I hope at least one thing spoke to your heart out of the four things I talked about. Um, and whatever area that is, I would encourage you to seek God um, because sometimes we learn, okay, I need to fix this, but how do I do it? And so I just encourage you to seek God um, and just ask him, how can I trust you more? What is the next step that I need to take to trust you more? What, where do I go from here? I want to trust you more. I hear you speaking to my heart, but I don't know what to do now. Um, so if you want to, if you want to seek that right now, um, I just want to open up the altars. Um, if you feel led to come up, you can. I'm going to keep on talking, but I know that sometimes when I feel something on my heart, I don't want to wait to get home to pray about it. I want to pray about it right now. So I'm going to keep talking, but if you do want to come forward, don't be afraid to do that. So, um, but I just want to say that when it comes to trust, our actions are very important because we can say all day long, I trust God with all my heart, but our actions are going to show whether or not we trust God with all our heart. Amen. So we need to make sure that we're stepping out on the things that God has for us and stepping out on the things that don't make sense and stepping out on the things that we don't want to do. We just say yes. Our yeses outweigh our noes. So um, I think I just want to tell you that if if you do ask God to help you figure out what your next step is, if you do it with a pure heart and with pure intentions, um, he'll answer you and he'll let you know. So I just encourage you and I pray for you and I that we always have the boldness and the courage to step out and not say no so much to God. Um, but I want to just remind you that there will be times that we do say no to God because we're human and we make mistakes and he knows that we make mistakes. But when, he, when we do make that mistake and we do say no, God forgives us. He's not done with us. He's not done with you right now. Even if you have said no, 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 he's not done with you. He's still going to keep coming back and knocking on the door of your heart. It's time to say yes to him. I just encourage you to say yes to him, no matter what it is. So I just want to recap um, 
over the scripture we started with. The first part is trust God with all of your heart. Do not lean on yourself or only the things that you understand. Acknowledge him when he speaks to your heart and he will make your path straight. Amen. Um, let's just go ahead, and I, I just want to pray over you guys, and then I'll have Pastor come up and close, but um, let's just take a minute before God right now. Dear God, I thank you for just being here tonight. I thank you for each person who's here. I thank you for them being open um, to the message. I thank you just for placing them in this church and um, making their home here with us. And I'm so grateful for each one of them and what they bring to our church and just being a part of our church family. I'm so grateful for them, God. And I just pray that you would you would help them trust you, help them figure out whatever area um, is in their heart that they're struggling to trust you and just show that to them and then show them what the next step is and give them the boldness and the confidence and the strength to step out in that. And I just pray that you would just help them um, release control of their life and let you take care of them completely and just give full control to you and just start saying yes more than no, Lord. And I just pray that you would help them remember that even when they do say no, that you still love them. Just let your love shower them, let it rain over them, let it completely consume them right now so they know how loved they are, Jesus. And I just thank you so much for being here, Holy Spirit, and moving in us. I just pray for each one who's here, that, that you would just completely protect them tonight, that you'd protect their families, and that you would put your light in them and let it shine so brightly for you, Father, that tomorrow whenever, when they're going to school or work or wherever they go, that, that the people around them would just see a difference in them, God, and that they would ask and they could glorify your name, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen.